Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Today's episode of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast is brought to you by King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry, Bavarian Grill, and Yield Butcher Shop. King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry, a longtime retail and repair shop for, you guessed it, clocks and jewelry. Everything from grandfather clocks to mantle clocks, wall clocks. Hey, if you just need to get the battery in your watch replaced, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry has you covered. Not only that, they are also a gold and silver exchange. So if you have any gold coins, silver coins that you're looking to trade in for cash on the spot, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry has you covered there as well. They are located at 1201 North Central Expressway. Having served Plano for over 30 years, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas, who's the sports editor for our Denton County Papers, as well as Kendrick Johnson, who's the sports editor for the McKinney Courier-Gazette. And gentlemen, let's talk some football. So um, as I said last week, we're going to start on kind of our spring football primer series this week. Uh, Mondays are going to be devoted to Class 6A, Thursdays for Class 5A. As we kind of give you all, we're not going to go full-fledged season preview and all that stuff, but just kind of uh, you know, kind of catching up with our programs as they're immersed in their in their spring off seasons just kind of check in and just see how our teams are progressing so for this we're going to start with district 66a but not the district 66a that is normally referenced on this podcast because of course realignment has gone down and um most of those 6a schools are now off in region two so taking over uh, passing the torch on in 66a we now have a district that is comprised of lewisville isd so flower mound Marcus, Hebron, and Louisville, uh, Capel, and then Irving ISD, so Irving High, MacArthur, and Nimitz. Uh, Justin, you've obviously got plenty of familiarity with uh, at least five of these uh, of these schools. Yeah. So um, right now is, um, I believe, Flyer Mound's the only one that's had their spring games. So a lot of these other ones are still, you know, in the progress, going through um, through their respective springs. So um, what is kind of going to be uh, just kind of in these coming weeks? What would you say is the biggest storyline to monitor in this district through the spring? Um, I guess kind of. I just wanted to start kind of with just a little background on this new district because sure. obviously there are districts. So I guess the first thing that jumps out to you um, when looking at th- this district is that only one team in the district last year won a playoff game, and that was Capel. Wow. So Hebron made it, and we lost to Allen in the first mm-hmm. round. Louisville, Marcus, and Flatman didn't make it, and then the three Irving schools didn't make it. And I guess not being super familiar with the Irving programs. Mm-hmm kind of surprised at kind of their futility as of late. Uh, between the three of them, Irving, MacArthur, and Nimitz, the last playoffs win was 2003. Wow. So those teams have That's not... Been when you were in school. Yeah, right. <laughs> nah, I'm even older than that. But, uh, college, maybe. But, uh, yeah, so they haven't had much success. I know they spent the last two years in... Um, a very tough District 7, you know, with DeSoto. Oh, yeah, Cedar, Cedar Hill, Hill and that really. and all so that, yeah. So it's tough yeah. to even make the playoffs yeah, out of that district. <laughs> but when you look at their kind of competitiveness in that district, it wasn't, you know, because Irving won two games in district. They beat MacArthur and Nimitz. Mm. But against those top five teams, you know, Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Duncanville, SUP, and Grand Prairie, they went 0-5, and, and they were outscored 167-23. to 23, So Wow. Not a good um, one. 
the LISD schools are, appear to be getting a couple programs that aren't kind of on the level of the Trinities and oh, yeah. Byron Nelsons and Bells. Yeah, I think it's definitely playing. a more favorable yeah, draw for, for them sure. and Capel for that. For yeah. So I guess that's kind of the thing that jumps out to me is, you know, so we're going to have some new faces in the playoffs coming out of this district uh, next year. With, um, I mean, this, you can pick whichever program you want to start with. Um, let's start with, I guess, with, uh, with Capel. Like, how, how different do you envision kind of this change back to Region 1 being for them? I don't envision it being a, mm. quite a big change. You know, they still played the same, you know, Metroplex teams in non-district yeah. and a lot of teams they're familiar with in the playoffs. So... I don't think it's going to change a whole lot, and they're you know they're pretty familiar with the Louisville schools and stuff over the past few years, at least from a logistics and working with those programs and stuff. So I don't think I don't see big changes there. With um, with with Capel, I mean they were kind of the the it program in District right. Nine Six at and Region Two these last couple of years. Um, as they then shift back into uh, you know to Region One and Six Six A, how are um, how are the Cowboys kind of looking heading, heading into the? Uh, well, obviously, the, you know the big the biggest change is going to be a quarterback after oh, yeah. you know three year starter Brady McBride graduated and took them to the third round of the playoffs each of the last two mm-hmm. years. So that's kind of the the biggest question mark. You know, you got to say for Capel going into the year is how are they going to replace him at quarterback? But um, you know, they lost 12 all-district players in general, but, you know, they still have a lot, a lot of talent coming back. You know, Jonathan McGill is a, one of the oh, yeah. you know, premier secondary players, two-way players in the area. One of the best. I mean, how many two-way players are even better yeah, than them the, just in the Dallas yeah, area period? Yeah, so, and then um, another defensive back, K.J. Liggins, just had an awesome year last season as a freshman, so he's, you know, climbing mm-hmm. up the recruiting ranks. He's uh, going to be a pretty standout defensive back for mm-hmm. them. Uh, Blake Jackson had a big year at wide receiver, so they had a lot of talent coming back, but, you know, Obviously, the quarterback makes a go, and they have some big shoes to fill on the offensive line, too. Not that there's not returning talent there, too, but I would say those are the kind of the biggest question marks coming in the year for Coppell. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know um, Evans' roster, but I went out there to see them when I went to see Darius. No, they look, they look, they got that hunger for them to be a playoff team. You think yeah. they did not make the playoffs? They, they're, they're very, they're very fast too. Well, maybe the hunger of not making the playoffs is because much of their roster wasn't starting last year. They. They got hit big time by graduation. Sixteen all district players graduated from wow. Evans, so big shoes to fill. But you know, they do have Darius Snow, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. They also have the um, offensive newcomer of the year, Jalen Lott, a Turner transfer at running back coming back. Um, but like Coppell, you know, Clayton Toon has to be replaced. Yeah. Uh, Kansas uh, signee, so or was Kansas signee, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they have to replace him. They lose. You know, three big-time wide receivers and Jaron Mitchell. So, whoa! Teams will be able to focus on Oklahoma commit Trajan Bridges a little more out there. Mm. That's a tough thing to do, though. Yeah, it's a tough thing to do. He's a heck of a pass catcher. It's tougher to focus on him when you have DeAndre Warren and then Jaron Mitchell and David Leonti running around out there, Mm. as well as Jaden Taylor in the backfield. So, all those guys are gone. But um, Heaven's pretty consistently shown the ability to kind of reload and. Remain competitive, and as you said, they out there at the spring. You thought they looked pretty good and pretty talented, so I'm not really surprised by that at all. Yeah, they've got a uh, pretty. I was just thinking about the uh, the coaching turnover that we've had throughout. You know, most of the yeah. Louisville ISD schools, and there you have Coach Brazel, who's just been. Yeah. I mean, just clicking along. You know, just for for such a long time, and that has yeah. been such a consistently solid program. It is going to be interesting though to see just kind of how programs like Louisville and Marcus yeah. fare because you know, I guess. Um, now, do you remember last year was the timing of the uh, you know of the Greg Miller I Jerry Stanford. Was it maybe pr- June, like June, late May, June? But within a couple weeks of each other, mm. Coach Stanford left Marcus to take the head coaching job at Texas High, and then two weeks later, he, Coach Miller from Louisville was going there to be the DC. So it's like it was still a little bit like late in the game yeah, as far as the offseason. It was definitely late concerned. in the game. Yeah, it was definitely. I recall, if I recall, especially at Louisville after mm. 
spring camp and everything. I don't think Coach Odell was, if I recall correctly. But, yeah, two teams looking to kind of get back to the playoffs there. Um, as I said, Michael Odell will be in his second year at Louisville. Um, the Farmers went 2-8 and eight last year. They only won one game in district. But um, especially defensively, I think they're trending up. They have four first-team defenders coming back this year. So okay. they do need a new quarterback after Tyler Urban graduated. But kind of like what they're uh, how they're coming along. They The record wasn't great, but they were – a little more competitive last year. And They've been right on that, right on the cusp. I, I saw them play Boyd last year, and it was a defensive struggle. Yeah. And um, Boyd made one more play than they did, and that was different. It was like 10-8. to eight. Yeah. It was like week two, so I don't know how much they progressed, but I, I saw them early. Yeah, I mean, they didn't progress in the win column. You know, they weren't super competitive and against Trinities and South Lakes and Hebrons, but against Flower Mound, Marcus, you know, they hung in there, and I, I think this defense should be improved and should have them kind of trending up. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess Marcus, one of the big things is they lost a big standout offensive lineman, Justin Osborne. That's uh, right. He's a TCU commit, but he's transferred out to the IMG Academy in Florida there. So they lose wow. him. So, um, who, who did they play? I was wondering. Who's IMG? I believe it's a traveling <laughs> they've, come to, they've come to Texas a few times over the years. Remember they had Prestonwood a handful yeah. of years ago in DeSoto as well. Uh-huh. But now I guess like some like what is it like the word around is like schools from Texas just won't play them yeah. now because of instances like this I'm guessing I guess but yeah. they still have uh, plenty of talent too you know you got Justin Dinka the standout running That's back right. back for his senior year uh, linebacker Russell Brooks he just recently committed to LSU he's one of the top linebackers in mm-hmm. the country so and then uh, we'll see what the quarterback battle you know brings the spring but Rashid Noel kind of split time last year with Xavier Maxwell and he's back too so they do have some experience there if that's how they want to go for uh, Kevin Atkinson and the Marauders. It'll be fascinating just to see how that passing game develops just to try to ease some of the pressure yeah, off of Dinka. because last then, year they just stacked the box and after non-district it was just too much know, to overcome. Yeah. yeah. This is the inside of 668 Adam Schefter <laughs> at 668. <laughs> <laughs> this man knows it all. <laughs> With um, we haven't mentioned that flower mound. Yeah, one of the I actually saw at that like I was um I was covering the seven on seven out of the uh, Grapevine SQT mm-hmm. over the weekend and of the uh, of our local schools that I had a chance to check out, flower mound was one of the more impressive ones that yeah. I got to drop in on. I uh, I mean, granted, I, it's it's only seven on seven, but I was just curious: <laughs> is there um what kind of uh, are expectations high for their passing game this season? I think they would be high. You know, Jackson Avery gets hurt in the middle of the season. He was expected to have a you know a really good season for mm-hmm. them last year, and he goes down. But Blake. Short came in just a sophomore last year and took over and really, you know, sophomore maybe some turnover issues, but in terms of moving the offense Mm -hmm. and gaining yards, and it was pretty impressive. He completed over 50% of his passes. I think he had 15 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. I might have those numbers switched, but either way, the the offense was definitely picking up. You know, Jake Welch is back at wide receiver, Mm -hmm. and then they had a trio of sophomore running backs that they were using last year, so all three of those guys, including Pierce Hudgens and Aaron Dixon, coming back for their junior years. A couple of offensive linemen that made the all district team, so a lot of talent back offensively for market or for Flower Mound. Okay, so it feels. I guess is it tough to? It feels like just on maybe pedigree, you would just say Hebron probably has the uh, the upper hand at least among Louisville ISD. I would say I would give Hebron the edge just on pedigree, like mm-hmm. you said. But I, I mean, I don't see any of those Irving teams, you know, that's getting out into the playoffs ahead of the Louisville team. I don't want to, is it, I don't want to, I mean, if is it wrong to say it might be just a five-team race for four playoff spots, or, that seems like such a, I mean, it's a slight and I think I said something about that, like, in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and then Bell and Byron Nelson made me look like an idiot, but, yeah. um, <laughs> yes, I would say it's a five-team race for four mm-hmm. spots with Capel and then Hebron as the kind of front runners early on. 
One other uh, coaching note that I noticed, at least within the district, uh, Capel assistant head coach Eric De Los Santos recently took the uh, the head coaching job at Irving. So oh. you could get a little bit of a, a student versus the teacher yeah, matchup later on this uh, this fall. Well, I guess um, yeah, it's just a quick little primer on District Six Six A. Just um, yeah, obviously uh, you know still plenty plenty more to come. These teams still have their summers, and obviously fall practices will get rolling in August. So we will be uh, you know touch on the district in far greater detail yeah. once we uh, you know once fall practice begins in earnest in a, in a couple months. Um, in the meantime, Justin, hey, appreciate you for swinging along. Uh, no now as we uh, kind of transition to a, uh, I guess one of the teams that uh, used to be in District Six Six A, uh, McKinney Boyd and one of their uh, one of their standout, uh, I say playmakers, but then that's <laughs> very ironic because this his nickname is legitimate is actually the playmaker. Um, you know the subject of this week's uh, you know fast forward rewind student athlete spotlight, uh, McKinney Boyd cornerback Play Wyatt uh, Kendrick had a chance to swing by Boyd, check out uh, talk with Play, just kind of see how he and the Broncos are progressing throughout their offseason, and we will. Uh, catch up with Play Wyatt after a word from the sponsor. Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow-roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. It's also with Play, Playmaker Wyatt, star, finna be junior safety for McKinney Boy. I just feel to be, be one of the older players. You've been younger from day one. Well, you know, I just got a lot of experience on the field now. I know a lot of uh, coverage just come easy, and I can actually teach the people. So, you know, it's, uh, it's better just knowing, like, being the older people and just one of the older people and just uh, knowing the plays and just, you know, teaching other players. Give some insight to the mindset of this team and how big a deal it is to make the playoffs. Uh, the mindset is different, you know, defense, you know, defense with championships. So right now we focus on the defense side of the ball offense. We're going to score points and all that. So this year we really trying to make a run this year. I feel like we got the team to do it. We got a whole bunch of experience coming back. So I feel like this year. Talk about y'all spring practices because Coach Drake and Coach Payton, them got y'all going at it hard, man. I've been here a couple of times in the spring. It's like a real game out here. Oh, yeah, everybody out here battling, you know, everybody out here trying to get better. And I feel like uh, as a unit, we, we, I feel like as a unit, we battle every practice, but on the field next year, it's just so. Gonna, it's going to pay off. How much um, do y'all take from y'all started off really slow and then y'all defense and y'all offense came along and y'all ha- had a shot to make the playoffs towards the end? How much do y'all take about that, the fact that you know, people counted y'all out and y'all almost got in there and now everybody got experience because I got a lot of people coming back? Well, they're still going to count us out this year too. You know, we watched the film last year all the time, last year in the spring. And so we just getting better learning from our mistakes because there's a lot of mistakes, like one or two plays that could cost us the playoffs. So. Right now, we're just running from the states, and we're not going to make them same ones next year. Talk about the camaraderie that y'all have, because it seems like everybody get along, and it shows in y'all play. Oh, yeah, everybody getting along. Now, everybody, we got, like, brothers. Most of the people been playing like varsity for a long time together. We all been playing on the same team, so we just playing like brothers now. We coming together. It's real easy to talk to each other and, you know, coach each other up. So, and, uh, so I know Coach Drake always tell us that uh, – Championship teams are players' league, so that's what we're doing now. I know y'all, y'all, only, y'all. It's only been three years since y'all went to playoffs, but y'all feel precious. As a lot of y'all haven't made it uh, individually, and the fact that people keep talking about that drought. Uh, I feel like yeah, it's, it's it's pressure on some people. Yeah, coming up and uh, so I mean, it's, it's the pressure. I mean, the pressure gonna make diamonds. So the people who gonna want to play. They're gonna put the people want to play in. And, you know, it's gonna show in the field. Everybody want to go to the playoffs. Everybody want to go to state championship. So. Right now, we're just working. We're just going to keep grinding for that. Yeah, on your recruiting front, how's the fact that people showing you all this, all this love and what are you going to be doing this summer? Uh, recruiting, you know, 
Yeah, it's going. I mean, it's going good. It's, it's good that they're showing love and just seeing what I can do. But uh, I'm looking to make a big impact and show show people that really I'm the best safety in the country. I promise you that. So that's what I'm trying to show people now. Give some insight to that work that you put in. Uh, I'm putting in work every day. Hard work pays off. You know, people most, people may be talented. They might be fast. You know, strong and things like that. But I feel like overall, hard work I'm putting in. I mean, I can say it. I'm the best player in the state, best player in the country as far as safety wise, 2020. So. I mean, I don't really think nobody really on my level right now, but I'm going to keep working and keep doing people wrong. You're talking about leading these groups. So you got your boy Nate Jackson and all them. All y'all coming back. Like last year was a big question mark. Nobody other than you knew what to expect because you played as a freshman. But last year, everybody did their thing and showed up and showed out. So how y'all build upon that and be a dominant unit that y'all were? Because like once y'all were healthy, y'all made plays. That's a unit. Yeah. We got a lot of people hurt. You know, I was dealing with ankle injury, Nate dealing with ankle injury. But, you know, we got a whole bunch. He coming back. He coming back stronger than ever right now. I'm coming back stronger than ever. And our whole defense as a whole unit, we coming back like everybody everybody healthy right now. Everybody playing to the best of their ability. So I feel like we're going to keep putting this work during the rest of spring and, you know, then the rest of the summer. And then we're going to come back next season. I feel like we're going to be the best we've been. Where well, that confidence level at? That confidence is high right now. This work that we're putting in, it should, it should pay y'all real soon. And with spring game coming up, what, what y'all want to get confidence in the spring game but other than staying healthy? Uh, we're going to show that our defense probably number one defense in the state. We're going to keep working on the defense side of the ball, and uh, we're just going to show that you know, our, defense can, our defense can stop people in the offense and score points. It should be a battle, though. And you got a message for people that are still sleeping on the Boy Broncos? Yeah, we up next. We coming. All I got to say. Uh, uh, do you want to give a shout-out to Red Nation and um, your family and stuff that supports you? Oh, yeah, shout out to yeah, my pops. You know, he always been there day one. That's all I really got to shout out. My daddy, he only been, he's the only one that really been there for me. So that's all I got to shout out now. Thanks again to Play Wyatt for taking the time to chat with Kendrick for this week's Fast Forward Rewind Student Athlete Spotlight. So in the meantime, we have subbed out Justin Thomas for Devin Hassan. <laughs> Devin, who is the sports editor for the Rowlett Lake Short Times and the Mesquite News. And that is going to segue right into our, uh, our continued uh, Class 6A spring football primer. We're going to round this out by talking about District 10-6A. Whereas we just talked about 6-6A in a district that has an entirely different configuration from the past two years, 10-6A has pretty much stayed the same with the exception of uh, the addition of one school. It is still the Garland ISD district with Garland High, Lakeview Centennial, Neyman Forest, uh, North Garland, South Garland, Rowlett, Saxe, and then new to the party, Wiley, after uh, two years in 6-6-A. So, Devin, obviously you've been around this district forever. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, is the, uh, you know, obviously these programs are still in the midst of their uh, of their spring. Spring games are still on the uh, on the docket. So um, what has just kind of been your read as you um, as you kind of wade into uh, District 10-6A? Well, you know, there, there's, you're not going to see a lot of activity from a realignment when you have seven Garland ISD teams mm-hmm. that are that are tied together. Now, you did see a little bit of a change a couple of years ago when South Garland opted down. Yeah. But um, I think they kind of realized the mistake just, you know, having them have, you know, be out there on an island by themselves. So uh, I don't think you're going to see that anymore. Obviously, Wiley brings about a new face. But, um, you know, the big thing, I, I guess, going into spring, I thought was um, 10-6-A is going to be a lot more wide open, I think. Uh, next year. Now, I'm not saying it's going to change the order of finish, but I do think there are more question marks coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, Saxe was the undisputed favorite. Oh, yeah. uh, they had gone undefeated the year before, um, and they certainly lived up to the to the hype um, coming in, uh, advancing to the regional semifinals for the first time in school history. But if you look, they lost 33 Letterman. 
and it wasn't just 33 Letterman. These were heavyweights. I mean, this is, you know, quarterback Jalen Maiden, who's at Mississippi State, who was the district MVP. This is Christian Cole, who was the offensive player of the year, who's now at Arkansas Tech. Uh, Drew Jackson, the wide receiver that's going to Washington State. Calvin Barcott, their outstanding offensive lineman, who's at McNeese State. Tyler Lacey at Oklahoma State on the defensive line. Zach Gilson, ETSA on the defensive line. And obviously, Isaiah Humphrey, uh, their outstanding defensive back, who's going to Penn State and was the defensive player of the year. So, you know, people are going to graduate seniors every year, but I mean Saxe has some big shoes to fill with the parts of those guys. You wonder though just how much the uh, the momentum of last season, which was just, I mean program records just almost all across the board, just the momentum that a season like that builds and just the positive vibes that these kids probably had now heading into the uh, into the spring. Yeah, the, and, they, and they raised the bar, and, and this is a program that's made the playoffs six of the last seven years, mm-hmm. so the expectation level is there. Um, their JV went undefeated last year. Okay. Their freshman was 5-1 and one. So just as they've been able to do really over the last five, six years, I mean, they can reload rather than rebuild. But still, there's questions that aren't going to be answered until they take the field in the fall. And that's still, I mean, like you said, they're replacing the shoes of a lot of just college-bound yeah. <laughs> players, which is... We subbed out Adam Shepard for um, Mel Capper Jr. He's going down, down the list. That's a lot of, that's a lot of schools. <laughs> With, um, so, uh, you know, Saxe kind of had their way with most of 10-6A. The only team that gave them, you know, a bit of a test there was uh, was Rowlett. Um, just kind of uh, what was been the uh, kind of the read on the Eagles right now as yeah. they uh, go through their spring. You know, a similar story in, in the sense that they're replacing a three-year starter with mm-hmm. Preston Weeks graduating. Yeah. Uh, Chase Tupel came in. Preston Weeks got hurt last year. He came in and did a solid job, but again, in very limited snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a program that's made the playoffs 13 years in a row. But this is one of those years, you know, during that run of, th- uh, of 13 in a row, uh, they've had some seasons where they may go 0-4. Last season, for instance, they are 0-4 out of the gate. They yeah. have, you know, they take some non-district lumps, and then they get things together in time for district play. And this may be another one of those years, you know, breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, they have some nice pieces coming back. Uh, Chauncey Amos in the backfield. Charge uh, Hunt in very limited action um, kind of flashed his potential last year and during his sophomore campaign. Uh, Antonio Hull was the uh, newcomer of the year uh, outside of wide receiver. Jerry Evans was also a, a seasoned wide receiver. So there's whoever gets that starting quarterback job, there are pieces around them, but they also lost a lot on defense. So I think, again, like Saxe, unlike the last couple of years where there's just not as many certainties. And uh, they'll get to actually break in their uh, the start of their season under the uh, under the bright lights of one of the newest, uh, actually the newest football stadium in the Metro as they will be the uh, them and McKinney board will be the first Friday night game at uh, yeah. McKinney yeah, ISD crazy. Stadium. Twelve thousand people expected to be the. It won't be the grand open. The grand open will be the night before, but it'll be opening weekend. So they're gonna have a new quarterback under the big lights. Yeah, of MISD and the whole state of Texas. Well, yeah, and that should be a, that should be a fun atmosphere because Rowlett generally travels pretty well, and obviously McKinney ISD uh, is going to be packing that place. Like it's, it's literally got national attention. I'm at I'm at the <laughs> NA All Star Weekend. I got Shaquille and they'll ask me about this state. Like, legitly, like. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, getting back real quick, you know, those two teams, I think just based on the track record, have been the top two. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, when I was talking about uh, a little bit more up in the air, is this the year that Lakeview it's you know see, you know sneaks into one of those top two spots. Close, like, uh, I mean, Lakeview's yeah. been on under, ever since Kendall Miller t- took over. They have been on the upswing, hey. and um, they've made you know they, they 
had not made the playoffs since 1995. And they finally broke that drought. Yeah. That was my freshman year. I'm going to let you alone. So it's, it's cool seeing them actually win games. And, actually, and I actually saw that the, the they have youngsters. I don't know the names you know. They have that young um, running back that's really electric. Yeah, that's I saw him last year as a sophomore. Yeah, he was he was a track standout. Kamar Wheaton. Uh, he fly. As, as a freshman last year. Oh, he's a freshman. Yeah, he's he just fly. a freshman. Yeah, he's and he. I mean, he was obviously running sub 20, 22, you know, two hundred meters type times wow. uh, last year as a freshman. He didn't start the year on varsity, but sixty eight carries, eight hundred eighty yards. So that's just a shade under thirteen yards per carry for a freshman. Yeah. And you know, he's wow. six foot when he's five. He's only yeah, he's 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 blazing fast. And uh, he may be one of those difference makers that allows Lakeview to not just make the playoffs for the third year in a row, right. but make a push for a district title. It'll be interesting to see just how Wiley kind of mixes into this uh, this equation as they progress. I mean we exactly we, we, we cover them. The Don't last give up on them. They, they're, they're, they're like the Violet. Yeah. Remember? They'll start off very, very slow yeah. and then you look back, they didn't be such and such. You look back they won 14-13 in the third week of district in. They're in some crazy tiebreaker they towards were, the end. They, they, they and, hang around. And, they, and they've really kind of developed a reputation for that, not just last year, mm-hmm. but over the last decade. You know, you'll see them, you, know, you look at the playoff brackets and you see 5-5 five and five Wiley at the end of the fourth seed, and all of a sudden you look up a month later, they're playing in the regional final. <laughs> you know, it's just, um, you know, there's, they have a lot, you know, just not obviously having seen them play last mm-hmm. year, um, they have a lot of question marks too. Yeah, uh, sure. They graduated, I think, Two all-district running backs, five of their top six receivers, and in all, in total, nine all-district selections uh, graduated last year. Um, you know, they did return their quarterback, Rashad Dixon, uh, who had a nice season last yeah. year. He began the year kind of under the radar. He yeah. wasn't the projected starter coming in because they got Stacey Connor from Bishop Dunn, and Stacey Connor was, I believe, was committed at the time to might be UNLV, and um, and then just out of nowhere, just kind of in the middle of the district, you just look yeah. and see, wow, okay, this is this Rashad Dixon kid, and he actually, I mean, he held up just fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nice throw to that quarterback. And, and, He's got and, good touch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and Wiley, you know, they show they can compete, but this is where they're more comfortable. This is what they petitioned for yeah. two years ago, uh, as opposed to being in with all these behemoth <laughs> schools over there in the old 66A. You know, th- their enrollment's going to fall right around, you know, all the other Garland ISD schools. It falls right in the middle of that. You know, from a from a travel standpoint, not that it was a real, you know, they had a lot of travel issues in the past, but, you know, they neighbor Saxy, they, you yep. know, neighbor Garland. It's, it's just a good fit all the way around. And I think they're a program that, you know, three and seven last year, but just give that every every one of these teams has questions. I think they can come right in and compete for a playoff spot. They, uh, I, mean, I think we we would say these last two years in six six a that Wiley was. I mean, they weren't at a at a massive disadvantage from a sheer like quality of play standpoint. It's more and more about depth. Yeah, and, but um, I was like um, I was there to do when they got the first playoff spot. It came down to a yard. They need to stop Matt Gaddick, Mr. Two Thousand Yards. <laughs> they stopped him three times his junior year, and that's how they got in the playoffs. Yeah. So th- th- I think they had a lot of seniors. On that team, yeah, they, they made the playoffs last year, and not last year, but um, you know, two years ago, 2016, they were right on that, uh, right on the cusp. They actually did. I checked this; they had a four and two record against Plano ISD during their two years <laughs> in six six a. So that's, that's three, uh, three biggest schools in the state, yeah, <laughs> including. I mean, yeah, they went unbeaten against Plano Senior and Plano West, and almost beat Plano East. They lost in overtime last year, so they've shown that they can, yeah, you know, despite that uh, enrollment number, they could swing they with definitely. the uh, with the heavyweights in the yeah. state. So I'm, yeah, I'm anxious to see kind of how they figure yeah. into this equation now, since it does feel like, yeah. Yeah, and they, and they play really good at home mm-hmm. for some reason. They like yeah. another team. They like the Boston Celtics. <laughs> well, <laughs> they play don't really even get good. us started on that. <laughs> well, and, 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 and you know, again, I think I think Saxe is going to be the team to beat. I mean, yeah. they've won twelve straight district games, going back you know back to back district titles. Riley's going to be in the mix.
picks. I mentioned, you know, Kamal Reed in Lakeview. He's just one of several young players that Lakeview has over there. Um, Quarterback, he's pretty talented too. Yeah, he, and he had a Jared Allen had a nice. Yeah. Jared Adams, not Allen. But and they and Naaman Forrest is also a team. They went eight and three last year. Uh, Marvin Sedbury's done a great job and they have a very good JV and freshman teams uh, as well. Um, you know, they run that wing tee that is hard well, to that, it's, that it's old hard, Garland, it's that, hard to pre- prepare for because nobody does it. They did old Garland, yeah. Joe Martin, Wing T. Oh yeah. They went old Frisco High. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. which which is a reporter's dream because they're done in two hours. <laughs> because they they have 10, 11 minute drives and they got and they have a stingy defense. Is, is that why, why they I, I seen their scores last year. They gave up maybe thirteen points a game, but they only scored like sixteen points a game. Yeah well they can they can you know when they have an advantage they can run right through you. Now they do have to replace uh, Tyreek James, who's their leading rusher. But they had, you know, the wing tee, you, you have a stable of backs. And they had four other guys uh, that rushed for more than That's 300 stable. yards. And, um, <laughs> you know, so, so it's, you know, Naaman Forrest is going to be right there. Uh, they're kind of like Lakeview. They've been building, building, bi- building, you know, been on that upswing for the last couple of years. So, you know, I throw them wildly to the mix. And, uh, you know, South Garland, Garland, North Garland have had some tough times. Uh, you know, South Garland, they do have um, – Make sure I get his name right. Jaquarian Turner. Uh, if that name rings a bell, he's the kid that rushed for 408 yards and five touchdowns against W.T. White last year. Wow. Uh, that kind of brought uh, the spotlight on South Garland, uh, you know, a bit. But he rushed for 1,700 yards, 20 touchdowns last year. Uh, they because he's going to he's going to have the defense's yeah. attention because they attempt less than three passes right. a game last right. year. Because it was him and Matt Gaddick who were essentially kind of jockeying for that uh, yeah. area rushing title but, in six but, A. But he was a, but he was essentially a one man show. I mean, Kevonta Wilson gave him a little bit of support in the ground game, but you know when you're only attempting three passes a game. The defense is going to be focused on you. So if they can put something around him, though, he's he's the kind of playmaker that uh, he can, you know, if not make a playoffs, at least you know, factor in it with an upset or two along the way. I know. See, there you go, folks. What more could you want to know about District Ten Six A? And we still got what two, three months to go before we get going in earnest. Should be fun yep. to see how these teams kind of progress throughout their respective summers. So that'll just about do it for this edition, though, of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. We're going to continue our spring football primer series on Thursday as we begin to dip our toes into Class Five A. In the meantime. Hey, Devin, Kendrick, appreciate you all for tagging along. Once again, this has been Matt Welch with Star Local Media. I appreciate you all for checking out this podcast. You all enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you all later. Thanks again for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast, brought to you by Yield Butcher Shop, a meat market and burger joint based in Plano. It's summertime, folks. The temperatures are going to start heating up, and what a better way to break into that summer heat than to break out the grill and do some barbecuing. Well, guess what? Yield Butcher Shop has you covered. They can help you with everything from catering, grilling, barbecuing, or any special occasion, serving the finest cuts of meat from every day to exotics. They are located at 811 East 15th Street in Plano, open Tuesday through Saturday, a smoking good time since 1974, Ye Old Butcher Shop. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? 
Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.